Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl. I am your host, Les, and this is a safe space that I created to have candid conversations about health and well-being from the Black woman's perspective. So if you are new here, welcome. I am so happy to have you. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. I'm so happy to have you come back because that's that's very important. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much for tuning in. The past few episodes, and today is no exception, I've just been like, okay, can we start with a collective breath? As so many of us know, you know, the things that we're seeing are not new. These are things that our community, our ancestors have been dealing with for 400 years However, this current scale of the constant documentation, the collective shift in so many people waking up and waking up all at once, the imagery that we are inundated with, the amount of information we're inundated with, all wrapped up in, you know, a global pandemic that has already disproportionately affected our community. It's just, it's a lot. So no this is nothing new, but it still is a lot. And it's okay to allow yourself to still take a beat and acknowledge that. But, you know, like I said, I think to be a a black person just breathing right now is such a gift. And I have been really making a conscious effort to pay even more attention to every breath that I take, at least that I can remember taking in the moment and just expressing so much gratitude for that. You know, we just had Juneteenth pass, which I mean, this year, it was probably the most anticipated, celebrated, widely talked about Juneteenth to date, which is really beautiful and has really got me thinking a lot about freedom and about liberation and what that looks like. And while yes, here in the United States, obviously organized slavery that our ancestors um, were you know, in enslaved by, no, that is no longer, you know, a a system in and of itself, but it has been replaced by many things that disproportionately impact all of us today. And looking at different ways we can seek freedom in the world we're currently in is something that's really on the forefront of my mind. And the thing that I keep coming back to is joy. And I know right now, joy, it can feel very hard to feel joy. Or if you have some bits of joy or some wins, it can feel really hard to celebrate them because there is so much pain, collective pain, understandable pain, valid and justified pain. However, I think that such a big part of us being free is truly being free to live and express the full human experience. And as black people, we have been defined and confined by our pain for so long that if you do have a moment of joy, feel it. If you do have something to celebrate, celebrate it. 
please. You know, I've, I've seen some folks, this is specifically on Twitter, who will say, you know, I have some news. I had a win. I'm kind of scared to share it because it doesn't feel like the time, you know, trying to read the room, which reading the room is great. But I think that there's always space for black joy in the room. And I actually think right now the room needs black joy more than ever. So whether it is the smallest thing that you can find freedom, pleasure, satisfaction, or liberation in, like take it, do it, find it, share it, express it, because we we need it. I think that the trauma porn has really, really run its course. And I think that a lot of folks who are now waking up, it has been the trauma porn that has gotten their attention. And while, okay, it has served its purpose in that way, I'm really hoping that to move forward, it doesn't have to be our collective trauma that keeps people awake and engaged. I really, really hope that it is the full human experience that can keep folks awake and engaged. That's my hope, you know. Maybe I'm I'm being overly optimistic here, but that's what I would want to be a part of. That's a world that I would want to be a part of. That is, you know, support that I would want to receive from outside of our community, not people who just feel bad or have this fragility or guilt because of our pain, but people who truly want to celebrate our full humanity and joy alongside us is what I'm after. And I hope that's what you're after. I invite you to, you know, inject a little bit more of that into your day if you can. Again, you know, we're humans. We have such a wide range of emotions and each and every one of them is valid. And there is so much to justifiably be hurt by, to be angry about and Every single one of those feelings are so justified. I just ask that if you do have a moment of joy, if you do have a win, if you do have something to celebrate it, don't dim it. Please let it shine. Let it shine for all of us. We want to share. We want to celebrate that with you because your joy and your celebration is the ultimate liberation, right? Juneteenth may be over, but we're keeping the liberation going and that's a big part of it. So Actually, if you're listening, I would love to hear what your wins are. What is something that you are celebrating? You can go ahead and go to our latest Instagram post at Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Leave us a comment. Just let us know. Let us know what your wins are. Let us know what's bringing you joy in this moment. And we want to celebrate it with you. And hopefully we can just have the whole community up in there sharing and amplifying one another's joy. So I would love to see it. Speaking of joy, we also have uh, our next book club meeting coming up. So if you're not already on the book club list, make sure you go to balanceblackgirl.com slash book club. Or if you go to the website, you'll see where it says book club. You can sign up for book club updates there. And essentially how book club works is every month at the beginning of the month, we select a black woman written book that is usually uh, either in the realm of self-help or memoir, nonfiction, something that really helps us us kind of improve ourselves in some way or gain another perspective. And we read that book so we can read it at our own pace. And usually at the end of the month, we will have a a virtual meetup where we discuss the book. And so this month, our book is The Art of Showing Up by Rachel Wilkerson Miller, which has been a really great read. It is all about showing up for others, but also showing up for ourselves. And it has a lot of really great advice about ways that we can advocate for ourselves that we can practice self-care while also still showing
showing up for the people in our lives and having really meaningful relationships. So highly recommend checking it out. Next Monday, June 29th, we will be having our virtual book club meetup. So in the show notes, you will see a link there where you can sign up and register. And we would love to hang out and chat with you. Even if you haven't finished the book, I still think the topics of showing up for ourselves and one another are super relevant. So come connect with us. Uh, The author, Rachel, will be joining us, which will be great. Let's keep finding more ways to engage and show up for and celebrate one another because that's that's freedom 2.0, right? That's where we're headed. All right. So with all of that in mind, let's get ready to jump into the interview. Today's conversation is a really, really important one. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, which is Dr. Krista Marie Coleman. Dr. Krista Marie is a double board certified family medicine doctor and author of The Glow Up, Your Life, the RX for looking and feeling good from the inside out. Leveraging her professional background in medicine, paired with a natural flair for beauty and style, Dr. Krista Marie takes a holistic approach in helping women live healthier lives. She empowers women of all ages with tools and tips to glow up and ultimately feel good, look good, and achieve more. So in this conversation, Dr. Chris Marie and I talked about goodness, so many things. We talked about our current state with the global pandemic and just ways that we can try to stay as healthy as possible. We talked about uh, disparities in healthcare and that, that was a, a big part of our conversation about experiences as Black women receiving medical care and what that looks like and what to do if we feel like we're not um, being listened to or getting the care we deserve. We talked a bit about reproductive health and uh, some of the situations things that are more prevalent for black women than other groups. We talked about her experience in that area and so much more. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I know I enjoyed having it and I am grateful to have you tuning in. I will also say in the spirit of Mercury retrograde, (laughs) as we were finishing up this episode, we did have a few small little, you know, technical hiccups. It happens, you know, we're humans and humans and technology. Sometimes it just doesn't always mix. And so towards the end of the episode, there are a few sound hiccups, um, but you know, this is a space for grace and humility and the content of the conversation was just so rich that uh, we wanted to keep it but just wanted to let you know there because you know we're all we're all navigating 2020 and mercury retrograde and all of this together so just letting you know that that's in there but we're just we're gonna keep it going so let's jump into the conversation with dr krista marie Let's take a second to talk about stress. I mean, I don't know about you, my stress levels have been outrageously high lately and focusing on managing my stress has been a top priority. 
A few episodes back, I interviewed the founder of Peak and Valley, Nadine Joseph, who educated us all about stress management, different stress management techniques, and incorporating adaptogens in our routine. And since that conversation, I have really loved Peak and Valley's adaptogen blends and have incorporated them into my daily routine and have noticed such a difference. So I particularly love the Brain Blend, which is really great for improving focus, as well as the Balance My Stress Blend, which I love for putting in coffee to help kind of offset some of the effects of caffeine and help me just not get the jitters throughout the day. And quite a few Balanced Black Girl listeners have also tried Peak and Valley Co. Adaptogen Blends, and I wanted to share some of the feedback. So one listener said, I bought this product with some skepticism, but was very curious about it. When I used it, I was honestly shocked because it added a delicious and smooth taste to my smoothie. I later tried it with just coconut water and enjoyed it just as much, if not more. I've taken it most days and experienced higher amounts of energy and more restful nights. I don't normally take the time to write reviews, but I thought I should with this one. It has helped me a great deal and I feel it has the possibility to help others. Not only that, when I reached out to the team on Instagram, they were friendly and even offered recipe suggestions. I look forward to trying more of their products. So if you're looking to incorporate more nutrient-dense Black woman-owned products to your wellness routine, I cannot recommend Peak and Valley Adaptogen Blends enough. You can go to balanceblackgirl.com slash peakandvalley and use the coupon code balanceblackgirl, all one word, lowercase, for $5 off your next order. Hello, Dr. Krista Marie. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I have been a fan of yours for quite some time now, so I am so excited to have you here on Balanced Black Girl. To start things off, I would love to take it back a bit for our listeners who are maybe just now meeting you or meeting you today through this show. Let's get to know you a little bit better. So pre-medicine, you know, can you tell us a bit more about you and about some of the experiences that really shaped who you are today? <laughs> sure. So again, my name is Dr. Kristen Marie Coleman. I am a board-certified family medicine physician. I work in the outpatient settings and also in acute care um, offices as well. Right now I'm located in Virginia, but will be soon to be moving. Stay tuned. And I mean, with Dr. Kristen Marie, there's so much to me. Where do I start? I was inspired to go into medicine from a very early age, stemmed from a family incident. I had a younger brother who was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder and growing up in a household with a young brother who is constantly in and out of the hospitals, doctor's offices, really just gave me the opportunity to see medicine in a different light. And this really piqued my interest. I stayed interested for medicine and healthcare throughout schooling. I enjoyed the sciences. I enjoyed anatomy. I was fascinated by the body. And when I was in college, I decided to take the leap and apply to medical school. I said, I'm going to be a pre-med student. I'm going to go ahead and apply. I knew this was not an easy feat, but I said, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I sat for major exams, our MCAT, sat for twice. I did not do well the first time. I had to regain myself and study hard again for it, approach it differently. We took it again and 
by the grace of the goodness above, I was accepted to medical school, found my passions within family medicine and decided to pursue that route. I completed my residency in family medicine at Halifax Medical Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. And now I am a practicing physician. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you told so much of your story just so succinctly there. I loved that. I'm like, I need to learn from you when I get asked that question, how to... <laughs> How to answer it so beautifully. One of the things that really stuck out to me that I loved about what you shared was your experience with the MCAT and having to retake it. And I know that, you know, I've had a lot of friends go the medicine route, and that's something that is so common and can happen and can be so discouraging for people. But trying again, sticking with it, it just, it is always really nice to hear from someone's experience who has been there and persevered through it. Yeah, thank you. And it's not easy. I mean, from the MCAT to other, you know, fears and challenges I had just going into medical school and while I was in medical school, you have to have some really thick skin for this field. But if it's something you know that you want and you know it's for you, it's been ordained for you, then nothing will stop you. Yes, uh, that's beautiful. So good. And just this, such a great message for any field or any goal that folks are working towards. Mm-hmm. And I know for you, you also for a while had a modeling career, which is also, I'm sure, a career where you need really thick skin and where there's a lot of things going on. Were there any experiences from that that have also really shaped who you are today? Yes, that's right. You're bringing up the past. <laughs> I, was, I was very interested in modeling when I was in college, and I actually did that on the side, a few gigs here and there while I was uh, still pursuing my studies. You know, that entire field for modeling has changed so much over the years in terms of uh, just inclusivity and the perception of body type and so forth. But when I was interested at that time for modeling, they were still going, a lot of the major looks were still focused around women being slender, thin, weren't a lot of African-American models as we see them now. But I did have an experience one with one gig when I went into the, and it was in New York City, great New York City. That's where we, you know all the dreams are made. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'm excited about it. And I was actually on set and um, I had prepped so hard for it. And if anyone has had any experience with modeling in terms of prep, I'm meaning you are trying to get your sleep in so that you don't go in with bags under your eyes, but you're also really watching what you're eating for a shoot. You don't want to feel bloated. You want to make sure you're fitting into the clothes correctly. You just want to make sure everything's perfect. So I went in there and I thought everything was nailed down right. And I took the pictures and afterwards I went to review the photos with the photographer. And I just remember him shaking his head, shaking his head, shaking his head. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what's wrong? What's going on? What happened? And bit by bit on the computer screen, I watched him sort of edit my photos in terms of adjusting my hips and my my waist and my hips, just making me a little bit more slender than I was. And like I said, I had already been meticulously watching what I was eating and what I was doing and the entire experience. It just, it left me baffled and I was just not happy with it at all. And I said, if this is how women are going to be treated and portrayed, then this isn't for me. 
experiences for me. So then I decided to just focus all most of my efforts back to medicine and medical school. Mm, yeah, thank you for sharing that experience. And I think something that really resonates with that as well as, you know, you were the person in the photos and, and seeing it be edited and altered that for so many people who are not the ones in the photos, it can be so easy to want to compare yourself to what you see there. But even the person who's in it, you know, may not <laughs> be portraying the image that the end photo ends up being. And I think that that's such a good lesson and story also when it comes to not comparing ourselves to the images we see. Images everywhere, magazines, TV, especially on social media, where things can be easily edited. We're going to pivot back to uh, your current career and, and the one that you continued forth with which is your work in medicine. And usually when I'm preparing for these episodes, I like to pull the community and say, hey, here's the interview I'm conducting. What questions do you all have or what topics would you like to see? And it was really exciting because when I said that I was interviewing you, a lot of folks were jumping in. It was very engaging. I'm excited that I got so many listeners to, to help me out as I was prepping for this episode. But the number one thing, and this, this is usually what people asked several different ways was advice for how we as Black women can have better relationships with our healthcare providers, whether that is either strengthening our relationships with our primary care physician, knowing when to get a second opinion on something, and understanding how to navigate some of the disparities that we faced when undergoing medical care? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I love that they asked that question because it lets me know people are interested in having a primary care doctor. It's very, very important to have a PCP on your team. Okay. So I love hearing that. And there are lots of ways that women, specifically Black women, can partner with their PCP. I think first and foremost is making sure that you are advocating for yourself. Okay. Number one, you're advocating for yourself and you want to make sure that you have a doc on your team who is going to be willing to advocate for you. So that means if they are unable to provide a specific service or answer a certain question, that they're going to take the time out to find the answers for you, to call whoever needs to be called, to look up whatever information needs to be looked up so that you can have that information for yourself and you can be knowledgeable. So you want to advocate for yourself. You want to have a doc who's going to advocate for you too. You also, in terms of finding a second opinion, if you don't like a response from the physician, and I tell patients all the time, patients, my family, friends, everyone, it is okay to get a second opinion from someone else. And it's okay to get a third opinion as well, too. You are entitled to that. It's your health. It's your body. And if you want to you know, ask questions, don't feel as though you're challenging the doctor. You are just trying to be informed. You're trying to get more knowledge about your health. Mm, yes, that's such good advice. Thank you so much. And we had a community member who had asked a very similar question in terms of advice around advocating for ourselves when working with healthcare providers. She had a little bit more specificity where she was also saying, you know, what strategies can we implement when we're also advocating on behalf of our family members? Maybe if we have a loved one in care, if we are responsible for someone in medical care, particularly when working with white healthcare professionals who may perceive some of our questions differently or not take concerns as seriously? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, if you are advocating 
or helping to care for a family member, you would definitely like to make sure that you are try your best to be present with them at their at the appointments. I think you know when a, a physician or a provider uh, sees that a patient has a family member or a friend who's there with them, that sad to say, I think it's taken a little bit more seriously. You feel as though okay, this person now has a team and the other individual and someone else who is invested in their health too. So. I think that shows a little bit of strength and it's a good sign that, okay, you know what, this, the doctor now has their full attention and things are going to be taken a little bit more seriously. That's such good advice. Is that something that we're seeing, I guess, are people able to do that right now with kind of what we're experiencing with COVID and a lot of the stress that's being placed in our medical system right now? Like, are people able to bring loved ones to appointments and things like that? So yes, they are. A lot of our visits right now are being turned into virtual visits and a lot of places are utilizing telemedicine as options. And you can have a video conference where you video in your friend or your family member who wants to be involved in your care. And so I encourage to ask their doctor's offices about that option because it's definitely out there right now. Mm, That's so good to know. Thank you. So another question that we got was around when we're partnering with our primary care physicians and maybe a patient is interested in also exploring a holistic treatment option. This would definitely kind of depend on the person and their condition. And they're maybe working with a medical provider who is either maybe not open to that or not supportive of that. How would you recommend they navigate that situation? Uh, That's a beautiful question. I think right now a lot of people are embracing more alternative forms of medicine, you know, whether it's, whether or not it's really entirely rooted in science. And for myself, I am open to also incorporating holistic medicine with Western medicine options too. But a lot of times patients might be embarrassed about having a long list of supplements, or they may feel worried and concerned that, hey, my doctor is not going to agree with you know this particular medication. So I always encourage patients to bring up their supplements to the physician. Also recommended, if this were before coronavirus, to bring in your supplements. But right now, with if you are attending an appointment via virtual visit, you can show your actual medication bottle or your supplement bottle, I'm sorry, to the physician on the video and go through the ingredients with the doctor so that they can know exactly what you're taking. I think it's really important to just be forthcoming about everything you're taking, whether it's a daily multivitamin that you're taking or some CBD gummies, because all of the medications, all the supplements we take have an ability to interact with each other. And so I think it it allows your doctor to just provide better care for you. Mm, That's such good advice. As a woman, I don't think I've ever done Mm -hmm. that when I usually have my visits with with the primary care physician. And I often think of behavior like that as something that I reserve in my head for pregnant women. I'm like, oh, I hear about pregnant women doing that a lot or making sure that their doctor's okay, you know, what they take or or have conversations with their doctors about things that they take that they're trying. But I think even even for those who are not pregnant, it is still great to have a conversation with your healthcare providers about that. And having more conversations about it also probably normalizes it as well. That's correct. It certainly normalizes it. You know, again, another reason just to be candid about the supplements that you're taking, because like I mentioned, potentially having dangerous like drug interactions. Sometimes, you know, we're getting, it's possible to get too much of a good thing. So you always just want to bring up 
any supplements you're taking, whether you're pregnant or not pregnant. (laughs) So we have mentioned it a little bit around COVID-19 coronavirus, which is something I think by now we're all familiar with. It has Mm -hmm. absolutely impacted all of our lives. And I mean, for you working in the healthcare field, you absolutely have an added layer of perspective there. Initially, when stay-at-home orders in many areas were being put in place, it was really hard. It was stressful with people not knowing what was happening and not really having end dates in sight. Now that we're transitioning a little bit, some states and some areas kind of doubling down on those stay-at-home orders. I know for me, I live in Southern California and we just had hours extended versus other areas. Things are starting to open back up. Some people in those areas are feeling some restlessness and and fear around what happens next. Mm -hmm. So do you have any words of advice for navigating feelings of stress or anxiety, especially when it comes comes to those folks who are in places that are beginning to reopen and how people who live in those areas may be impacted. Yeah, I know we have been seeing quite a bit of patients with anxiety and stress, you know, related to the COVID-19 pandemic right now. And so, I mean, people are worried for a variety of things, whether it's the state's opening, worried, you know, about COVID economically because their concerns with losing their job or fear they lose their job. They now have kids who are off school and people have to assume the roles of doing, of teaching at home and watching the kids, you know, for uh, all day. So lots of increased stress and anxiety right now. And especially with feeling isolated. I hear a lot about that too. And I think right now, one of the worst things we can do to ourselves is to worry or to try and predict the future, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen in the upcoming months. We can only worry about and control what's happening right now. And I think it really helps to try to focus on what we have control over. We have control over things that can help to protect us. So making sure that obviously we're practicing good hand hygiene, we're washing our hands thoroughly with soap and water for at least 30 seconds, um, that when we go outside, we are covering our noses and our mouths. We're wearing face masks, that we are practicing, and I don't want to say social distancing, I want to say we're practicing physical distancing. Um, That's, you know, another segue is to to kind of reframe our thinking about some of the terminology that's being used right now. And I, I mentioned just thinking about physical distancing and instead replacing social distancing with social bridging. So we're physically distancing ourselves to protect ourselves, but we're socially bridging, meaning that we're finding new ways to still remain social with people and to still interact with loved ones, close ones, friends, family, um, because that's very important right now. We need support and we need to stay connected to other people. And I think those things can help to mitigate some of the stress and anxiety around COVID-19. Taking a quick pause from today's interview, I talk about hair quite a bit. You know, my natural hair journey was one that was documented real time on social media. If you've been following me on Instagram for a while, it has been a really big part of who I am. And right now, like this week. It's my natural anniversary. It's been two years since I gave up the heat and have started working with my curls and what a two years it has been. And lately, since I've still been spending a lot of time at home, 
home, I have been really, really relaxed and hands off with my hair care routine, making sure that it is moisturized, making sure I have what my hair needs. And so I've still been swearing by my Cantu natural collection. So on wash day, I use their sulfate free shampoo and conditioner, which is really great for removing product buildup, gets my hair and scalp really clean. And then the conditioner makes sure my curls are really soft and makes it great for detangling. And then I use the Shea Butter Leave-In Conditioning Repair Cream as well as the Curl Activator Cream to make sure my hair is super moisturized. If there's anything I've learned these past few years, it's that my hair likes moisture and it likes to be left alone. So my hair has been feeling soft and moisturized and all of these products are formulated with shea butter and avocado oil to support hair health and manageability. Cantu is all about providing high quality curl care at an amazing price. So if you want to give your hair a little extra love, if you're looking for some affordable products to just keep it moisturized and, you know, feeling healthy, make sure you check these out. So this line can be found at Walmart and walmart.com for your next trip. So make sure you stock up for your next wash day. I love social bridging as a a term. I think that that's really, I think that that's really beautiful because in a time where we are physically spending more time apart, I do think that having those either communicative or emotional connections Mm -hmm. are stronger than ever. And I think social bridging is such a good way to name that. Yeah. I mean, staying connected right now is just so crucial and it really hasn't changed and it should not stop between people. We definitely need to stay connected. (laughs) Definitely. Earlier today, I was a conversation where I was talking about, you know, what's happening right now with the pandemic. And one of the things that we said was that, you know, none of us have been through this before. However, we're all going through it together. So even though there may not necessarily be one clear solution for every problem at the mm-hmm. moment, like we're all going through everything together. So we're not dealing with any of it alone, even though we absolutely have periods of, of isolation we're truly not alone in what we're feeling and even being able to connect on that level can feel really comforting. Yes, I agree. That's a good point. I mean, really, we all are in this together. Absolutely. Another topic that I would really love to talk to you about and get your perspective on is fibroids. So they're really common for all women, even more common among Black women. And you have shared about your experience with fibroids last year in your surgery and and having your fibroids removed. I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit more about your experience, what that was like for you, your symptoms, and how you managed that experience from more of a a patient perspective (laughs) this time. (laughs) Yes, so it was interesting, um, and I'll speak as as a patient. It was interesting because I can you know, speak to it from a physician's perspective and then as a patient's perspective. But as a patient looking through that lens, it was a little bit shocking to me. You know, if anyone has heard my story, I initially presented with 
lower pelvic pressure. That was my main symptom. And I had discussed it with my doctor at the time. And we both came to the conclusion that, oh, maybe it's due to stress, you know, and I said, okay, yeah, maybe it is due to stress. There was a lot going on during that time. And over the next couple of months, my symptoms started to waxed and waned. And one evening when I was laying down, I, that sensation returned and I pressed on my stomach because as physicians, that's what we do. We sometimes will just further examine ourselves if something's happening. Um, I pressed on my stomach and I felt something a little odd, stomach area. And I said, immediately fibroids popped into my head. That's the, the doctor talking. And then as the patient, I said, you know what? I need to seek further help. I need to speak to a GYN. And I went on my search for a gynecologist or a GYN. And I found someone who had, some, had availability. And I went in to see this physician. And I felt as though my concerns were dismissed. You know, she performed her exam and she said, okay, I think you may have something going on, maybe a fibroid, let's do imaging. And that was it. There was no small talk. <laughs> there really wasn't any other discussion. And so I said, okay, we'll do the imaging. And we did the imaging and it confirmed that I did indeed have fibroids. And at that time, the doctor said, we can just watch we can observe because that is also an option depending on the fibroid size and uh, symptoms. Sometimes that's an option that physicians may present to the patient. And I said to myself, well, I'm coming to this doctor because I am having symptoms that are concerning me. And she's telling me, okay, we can just observe right now. That's one issue. The second issue is that I felt as though she rushed through the encounter with me and we didn't go through a list of other potential treatment options. And so I made up my mind at the end of the visit with her that I was going to seek further opinions. I was going to go somewhere else. And at that time, I was in the middle of a move across states. I said, once I move, I'll just get settled, find another doctor. But as you may know, that can take time. And um, it did. It took a couple of months for me to, to find another primary care doctor. And then I had to get a referral from the primary care doctor to the GYN. And once I found another GYN, she did another exam. She looked at the images and she said, you need to have surgery. And I asked, and by that time I had done some other research and I asked the physician about specifically about laparoscopic options. And so laparoscopic options will allow the surgeons to perform surgery, but through smaller incisions in the, the stomach area in the abdomen. And this physician told me she was not adequately trained to do this. And I appreciated her honesty. And I said, I will have to find another physician to get one more opinion. So at that time, I decided to reach out to friends and colleagues to see if there were any other docs in the area who'd be able to give me another opinion. And I, I was blessed to um, be provided with the name of another physician in the area, actually not in the area. He was a drive away, but I was determined to, to go see him and get his expertise. And I did my research on him and I went to him and I was happy that I, I waited and received the number of opinions I did to finally get to him um, because he was excellent. He made me feel comfortable, answered all of my questions. And I knew that he would be able to perform my surgery appropriately. And we had the surgery and I'm happy that it went well. Again, I tell the story 
Not to say that surgery is the answer, but for me, that was the option that worked well for me. And it will just depend on your particular situation. If you are diagnosed with fibroids, it will depend on the location of the fibroids, the size of the fibroids. Everyone presents very differently. So it will be unique to your, your situation. But for me, I'm glad that I went through the process and I'm glad that I, I had the procedure done. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. There's several parts. <laughs> they also hear how you approach things when you're on the, the patient side of things, where you went to three different care providers to find both those who were going to give you the, the treatment that you needed, but also those who created a good experience and helped you feel comfortable and adequately answered your questions and just how important it is to have all of those things and, and to hear your perspective firsthand is really, really helpful with that. Thank you. And I know you asked me just to share from the patient's perspective, but you know, it was mixed in there. (laughs) No, it's great. That's helpful. That's so helpful. And then I'm also curious from your perspective, you know, when you are researching medical professionals to seek care from, you know, what do you look for when you're researching? Yeah. So I want to make sure that they are indeed board certified in their field. Um, It's very important that they are up to date with their certifications. Everything is current. Depending on the physician and if, if I'm looking for a specialist, I'd want to look at their training to know where they did their training. If they had additional fellowship training, which is something that doctors will do after their residency for certain specialties, certain uh, specific specialties. I'll also look at reviews online uh, for their particular organization. And so sometimes the hospitals will have uh, patient reviews on on each physician. And so those can be very helpful in terms of grasping their bedside manner, in terms of finding out things about the staff, how the office is run. Those are the small things I look at that will help me say, okay, you know what, maybe I should pay this this office a visit and see what they're about. Mm, that's so helpful. Thank you. And also one of the things that you mentioned with your experience with fibroids and and as you're navigating care options is that it does largely depend on the patient as well as, you know, the size, the location of the fibroids, the symptoms that they're experiencing. So is it possible for folks to have a condition to have fibroids and, and not either know it or have it be not problematic. Yes, it is. And you know, women can have fibroids for majority or for majority of of years and not be aware that they have fibroids. Again, it will just depend. Some women won't find out that they have fibroids until potentially the first pregnancy, you know, where maybe they may require a cesarean section and or, or another type of procedure. And then they find out, oh, I have fibroids. So depending on the size, you may not always experience symptoms. Got it. Got it. And if you don't have, and I'll say if you don't have symptoms, then usually they will recommend you you don't do anything. (laughs) And do we know why Black women are more likely to experience fibroids or why they're more common amongst us? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I often, I wondered for myself, and there's a lot of research that's happening, you know, right now to find out why African-American women are more or seem to experience fibroids more so than the rest of the population. Um, They're looking at things such as the foods that 
our communities are eating, to the products we're using um, on our bodies and our hairs, but they're still doing a lot of research to find out exactly why. Got it. Okay. Really, really interesting. I would also love to talk to you about your work outside of being an MD, which is creating content, which you share really wonderful content for those who are not already following. You absolutely should. I will link your IG profile and all of your information in the show notes there. But I really love how passionate you are about empowering women just with tools and tips to really help them feel their best from the inside out. And it just is really, really inspiring to see. So if there were any you know, tips or like specific practices that we should implement to facilitate our glow up? What should they be? Uh, <laughs> okay, that's a, that's a good question. Specific tips. Okay, number one. <laughs> so number one will be to make sure you have a PCP on your team, all right? Make sure you've got a doctor on your team or a provider on your team that you can have your annual exams with, all right? That you are making sure you stay up to date with your your pelvic health, right? With our pap smears. And then if you're at a certain age that you're staying up to date with other preventative services, such as your mammograms and colonoscopies for cancer screenings, right? That's one way you want to definitely make sure that will help you stay on the glow up. Number two, the foods that we're eating. You want to, you know, try and, and make sure that you, you're just incorporating healthy foods. And each time, you know, each meal that we eat, it's just an opportunity to feed our temple. That's how I, I like to think about it as our body as our temple. And so this is probably one of the most important factors for your health and for your glow up, the foods you're eating. And then number three, for your, your glow, your skin glow, I'll have to go with SPF, sunscreen. I know when I was younger, sunscreen was not heavily pushed. Um, and now I use sunscreen every day and I push patients to do it every day and, and, and tell people, you know, especially women, that we have got to, you know, load the sunscreen on. Don't be afraid of the sunscreen um, because as African-American women, we certainly are susceptible to skin cancer. Such great tips. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So for you, Dr. Krista Marie, when you get a day off to take care of you, what are some of your favorite things to do? Oh, my days off. Well, if I'm not creating some content, I will enjoy sleeping in. I highly value rest right now. And I also enjoy exercising love to participate in yoga. We're doing a lot of things at home now. So I creep into the YouTube space and also other account online exercises at home yoga. I find it to be very relaxing for myself. And I also enjoy spending time with my fiance H and then catching up with friends and family. Um, I will FaceTime friends and my family in a heartbeat. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, you've got to tell me in advance so I'm prepared and I'll just, I will just FaceTime you because I got to see you and just interact. So that I find is very helpful for me on my days off. So good. I love that. There's a mix of kind of the physical self-care, social and emotional self-care, all so good. Yeah. We've got to tackle all of it because it, it helps for your overall well-being. You know, you can't just 
incorporate physical care. You have to, like you mentioned, incorporate it all. You've got to take care of the physical, the mental, um, the spiritual, emotional aspects to your well-being. So true. Mm -hmm. So not too long ago, you shared, I think it was originally a tweet, but I know I saw you share it on Instagram too, that said, things change when we realize that being healthy is more than diet and exercise. It also involves what we let into our mind and heart. I know for sure I bookmarked it as soon as I saw it. It's such a good reminder for all of us. So can you tell us something good that you've let into your mind and heart recently? Hmm. Certainly. I mean, with everything going on, it's so it can be easy to focus on the bad and the unknown and the bad. I think for myself, it's been beautiful to still see that there's so much good happening right now and to allow that good into my life. So, for example, I have had people send masks for me, handmade masks for me. It's a surprise to my doorstep. At work, we have donations, community donations from community restaurants, donating foods to us for for lunch. So I think those things have just been beautiful and they help me to just remain, to find a place of gratitude and to remain grateful despite what's going on right now. Those are all so good. The kindness that people exhibit is so important, especially during a time like right now. So Dr. Kristen Marie, what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you? It means despite whatever's going on outside, whatever's going on in the world, that you are able to find peace and calm within yourself. You're able to still love yourself no matter what anyone else in the outside world says. And that you are 100% confident that you are where you're supposed to be despite what else is going on. Love that kind of the confidence in that and our own definitions of balance is really, really beautiful. It varies for everyone. It differs for everyone. And like you said, right now, it can be very easy to question yourself, question where you are, question certain things about yourself, how you look. But I think just remembering that where you are right now is where you're supposed to be and everything will fall into place. Boom. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Where can our listeners find you? How can they keep in touch with you? Yeah, so you can follow me on all social media handles at Dr. Krista Marie, and they can also check out my website at drkristamariecoleman.com. Perfect. We'll have all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was great and I enjoyed it and I hope the, the audience enjoyed it as well. So thank you again. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation with Dr. Krista Marie Coleman as much as I enjoyed having it with her. And I hope to have you come back for a future episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It is so helpful for keeping the show relevant, for helping new listeners find us. It's a great way to, you know 
Amplify Black Voices because that's what we're doing right now. And it's just a really great way to support the show that's easy to do, you know, don't cost you nothing. Super simple. And if you'd like to stay connected, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Balanced Black Girl Podcast. We have really great content there also related to the podcast and just general wellness and self-care, which we all need right now more than ever. So thank you so much for tuning in. We have more great episodes coming for you and I will talk to you soon.